You're listening to the Wally Local History Podcast, researched, written, and narrated by Jean Lord. This podcast is kindly sponsored by Voiceit PR. Voiceitpr.com. King Street, Part 2. Travelling now down the east side of King Street. Brooks Lane to Bridge Cottage at Bridge End. Brooks Lane leading to the manor house in Lawson Said's farm. This was named after the Brooks family and was the home of Samuel Brooks, banker, who later laid out Wally Range and named it after his home village. He built a large house and named it Wally House. I suggest you Google his name for much more information. He was a philanthropist and acquired vast amounts of land, which he developed, never forgetting where he was born. Note his name had no E, so Brooks Lane is a wrong spelling. Many large houses have been built along here since his time. The Croft Care Home This building does not appear on the 1870 map of King Street, but is inhabited in 1871 and was built on the field previously known as the Ashes. It has always been a doctor's house and surgery, with stables at the rear, until it became a care home. The first doctor was William Bratton Baddeley, who married Mary Ann Brewer, the daughter of the innkeeper of the Dog Inn, in 1869. They were living in Bridge Cottage at first. Unfortunately, he died in 1872 and is buried in the graveyard at the parish church. His son, Edward, is noted on the grave as being killed in action in World War I. Next came William P. Counselor until 1907, when Thomas Thornton Macklin took over. Dr. Macklin lived there with his wife, four sons and a daughter. Alex and Roderick both won the military cross, and his son John James was killed in action. John is named on the war memorial in front of the grammar school. Alex was chief medical officer at Blackburn before joining Ernest Shackleton as doctor on his voyage to the Antarctic in 1914. He survived being trapped on the ice after the endurance was crushed. As well as the MC, he has a Poland medal and a mountain named after him in South Georgia. After receiving the military cross for bravery under fire, during the war, he again joined Shackleton on his second voyage. Shackleton died on this voyage and Alex Macklin was with him at the end. Dr Thornton Macklin was joined in about 1910 by Joseph Marshall Pusselthwaite, who was a very eminent person in the village. He was a mason and an annual dinner was always held in his name. A golf trophy also bears his name. In 1933, we have reference to his wife running it as a maternity and convalescent home. Around 1939, Dr. Harkness was running the practice and his wife running a maternity home. In 1951 to 1976, it was Dr. Charles E. Brown. And after this, as far as we can tell, is when it became a nursing home. Brookside Close, leading to Rosewood Cottage. 
This was a corn mill in the 17th century, built by the Braddle family. They were responsible for the diversion of the stream to drive the wheel from the corn mill and then sending it down the middle of King Street. This was Braddle land. The other side belonged to the abbey, so the stream had to stay on his own land. The original stream went across abbey land higher up King Street, diverted in parts for their use, then joining to the stream from Nethertown, from then on running into the Calder. I have been in this property when it was being sold recently by the owner, Graham Shutt, whose wife inherited it from Madge, who was a very well-known figure in the village. I now have its history. Evidence was still apparent of the mill, and photos were shown to me of renovation work which confirmed it. There was a mill pond and a bobbin mill on Brookside Close, which is mentioned later with the sawmill. The White House, Dower House of the widow of the Fort family of Reed, a large property with stables to the rear. Managers of the building of the railway stayed there between 1846 and 1850, whilst building the arches. George Langton, who lived there, had a pony and trap. He used the railway but wouldn't cross the arches, so sent a servant to Lango to collect him when coming from Blackburn. Later inhabitants included a solicitor, a tea merchant, and during the war, officers were billeted there. Mr. and Mrs. Austin, the antique dealers, renovated and furnished it in 1969, fully equipping it, but never moved from their premises across the road. Excavations in 1970s revealed a well a few yards from the back door. Outbuildings later became business workshops. The old sawmill. We now know this business as warm and dry and now occupies what was the White House stables and later became Langshaw's Joiners and Sawmill. The first war memorial was made here from wood, but was replaced by the one now situated in front of the grammar school. The sawmill part was sometimes used for dances, as there was no village hall at that time. The village hall was renovated from a building offered by Mrs. Austin in 1990, and after a large fundraising effort, the building opened in 1995. Behind the sawmill was a bobbin mill, established in 1820 and run by the Riley brothers. All the premises used water wheels to drive machinery, which was fed by the mill pond above. This is now filled in, but can be seen on the old maps. The Methodist Church was built in 1872 on land purchased from the trustees of Clark Hill Estate, who also agreed to culvert the section of the stream which was still open near that plot of land. The cost was £2,300 and replaced the first chapel, which was 6 and 7 Church Lane, in 1806. More on my Church Lane podcast. Lancashire Electric Power Company attended quarterly in the Methodist School to receive payment of electricity bills. The gas and water board had a similar arrangement with the house next door. Later, a Sunday school and kitchen were added, which cost around £500. Originally, railings ran the length of the church frontage, but today there are none, so it is presumed they were donated for the war effort. There is a wonderful booklet, The Methodists of Worley, 
1777 to 1914 by Eric Kenyon. I understand this has been updated since. West Dean, Briar Cottage and Abbott House, along from The Methodist. West Dean is a much later date than the other two, and we are sure that these two were originally one. In 1919, at auction, Briar Cottage had access to take gravel and sand from the river near Bridge Cottage. Can't do that now, as the steps were blocked up. Inside Abbott House, it is evident that the doors have been bricked up and chimney placements, when looking at it from across the road, only make sense if it was all one. On the earliest census, it was a farm of several acres, which was rented from Clark Hill Estate by Thomas Clegg and his wife and ten children. On all maps, it appears that a road went past the back of the house, joining up at Lawson Stead's Manor House on Brooks Lane. Look at the rear of Abbott House, and it looks more like it should be the front. It was the first telephone exchange in Worley. The lease states for a period of 14 years at a rent of £18 per annum and signed by Arthur Longworth. This was another house sold at the big auction in 1919 and was bought by Mr Manley, a timber merchant who had himself been a tenant in 1911. Vale House was demolished in 1972 and the bus station now occupies this plot. Some outer walls and gateways can still be seen. It was a large house without houses, stables and a meadow. In 1841, it was a ladies' seminary run by the Mrs. Wilkinsons. Mr. Roger Green and Dinah, his wife, the daughter of Solomon Longworth, moved there from the Georgian houses across the road. After Roger's death, his family and servants continued to resign there, as shown on the 1901 and 1911 census. Later, it was an unlicensed hotel run by Mrs. Sally Waring and her daughter up to the war. Then the YMCA, which catered for troops and was run by the WVS. After the war, it was a cafe. By then, the building had deteriorated and 1972, it was demolished, exposing a view not seen for 300 years. For a short time, a forge operated on the plot before the bus station was constructed, and Fred Groom, who had a park yard there, and sold petrol on Sundays, which he transported from his premises across the road until it was deemed to be a danger. In 1870, there was a cottage and a mangling room. Mangling room contained a rolling press to smooth out linen cloth. That's from Where Rivers Meet, by the Archaeological Society. Cosgroves. This is a very old row of cottages attached to the swan. It is very hard to date them. But for many years, a plaque on their wall said, Thomas and Catherine Peacock, 1667. And this is on the earliest maps we have of 1762. It is not a listed building, as it is hard to date because of all the alterations. We know that it was three individual shops at one time, and there was a row of old cottages behind it. From the earliest census, we know it housed a blacksmith, a saddler, and a fancy goods shop. From 1851 through to the late 1920s, the shop nearest this one was a grocer's, and they had a piggery at the rear. Next door was a refreshment room. Up until 1919, they were owned by Clark Hill. 
but were sold at a large auction by the trustees of the late Solomon Longworth, which listed cottages, stables, and other buildings. The Swan. Up until the 19th century, the premises had its own farm attached. It was noted as a coaching inn, and Manchester Mail made scheduled stops there. It was the meeting place of the Sisterly Love Society in the 1818s. A booklet on their rules shows a membership of 208 ladies. This was an unusual friendly society at that time, being women only. They took care of each other in times of hardship, but had very strict rules on behaviour and drunkenness, both within the club and their everyday lives. Mr John Shaw, the landlord, also offered bed and breakfast. In the 1700s, a servant girl named Mary Lane became pregnant, but when the child was born, it was taken off her. Folklore says... Mary committed suicide by throwing herself from an upstairs window into the yard behind the swan, and it is said she still wanders around looking for her baby. The yard used to have stables and loft, and lead horses were kept there. These were shy horses which were attached to the front of the other horses drawing heavy wagons, which without them would not be able to get up Broken Brow, now known as Accrington Road. Once at the top, the lead horses would be unhitched and returned to the swan yard. The hotel has many interesting pictures denoting prominent gentlemen of the past and family trees of the major Worley families, and the manager is always delighted to show them to any interested party. The Worley Arms, originally called the Sign of the Gardener's Arms, was built in the 18th century, in 1781 to be exact, from stone bought by Wallace Smythe Gardiner from the ruined Portfield Hall. That hall was built from stone from Wally Abbey by their steward Richard Cotton, father of Adam Cotton, the great benefactor of Wally. Perhaps a reason for the initials R.C. over the side of the top window and the date stone of 1781. John Wigglesworth was innkeeper when it was the gardener's arms, but always known as the House of John Wigglesworth. His wife ran it later. It was also named the Hog's Head at one time, but apparently the people of Worley didn't like the name. Worley Arms, named after the family who owned all the lands, not after the village. The cottages attached on King Street were also built at the same time from the same stone. These have now been demolished, and is now a large car park. The outline of the cottages can still be seen on the side of the co-op. The hotel had a farm attached until the late 19th century. This pub catered for weddings and funerals, etc., and on its car park they would erect a long table to cater for all the coaches passing through on their way to Blackpool. There would be as many as 20 coaches for two hours every morning, stopping for drinks and snacks. In 1919, an auction was held here to dispose of all the accommodation owned by Clark Hill. This makes interesting reading, as a great many of the Wally properties were owned by the owners of Clark Hill at that time, and the auction resulted in many of the tenants buying the property they were currently renting, making them property owners for the first time.
Wally Arms was bought by the Corps in 2017. Inns were known locally as Towngate, and it was where trading of animals took place. It was not unusual to see farmers bringing their flocks of sheep and cattle down King Street and Accrington Road. Rings for tethering the animals and the hurdles for keeping them contained are still to be seen on some of the buildings. The doctor's surgery and these cottages are standing on land that was ye old house, cafe, and other very old cottages. There had been a police station and the post office. The Toby Jug, one of the oldest buildings in Worley, some parts are Tudor. It was King Street Farm, owned by Harry Yates and family, but we have it on good authority that previous owners were the Smithsons. They owned all the row except for two cottages, one which was a cafe. The first census names Thurston Tomlinson as head of the family. Upstairs in the Toby Jug is very old panelling, which is said came from the Abbey. It seems that the dissolution of the monasteries helped local businesses enormously, as the remains of Wally Abbey seem to have spread all around the area, including St. Leonard's Old Church in Old Lango. When the local co-op had a nightclub on the top floor, the Ace of Spades, the artists would stay overnight at Smithson's farm, and included celebrities like the Beverly Sisters, Kay Sisters, Donald Pierce, Hattie Jakes, and many others. The next row of terrace houses is of no historical significance. The land was once earmarked for the Methodist Church in 1872, but nothing came of it. Just off King Street, next to Bridge House, is called a Vale. It used to be called Lord John Street, if you're looking at old census forms. The gentlemen of Worley had this middle cottage specially built as their club, as they had outgrown number seven across the road. All the daily newspapers and periodicals were available, plus billiards and table tennis, reading downstairs and games upstairs. Later it became a club where all were welcome. It is now privately owned, but stood empty for many years after it closed, as no deeds could be found. Therefore, ownership could not be established. The mill race from the weir runs behind before going on under the road. Bridge Cottage It was in this house that William Harrison Ainsworth stayed when researching the Lancashire Witches. It is on the bridge over the Calder, where William Harrison Ainsworth suggests the witches had to be tested by being floated in the river. If they floated, they were witches because the water would not accept them. If they drowned, they were not. This is fiction, of course, as the witches lived at Newchurch in Pendle and the fence area. After the dissolution of the Abbey, there would be no alms given to the poor so Worley would not be a place they visited. Ainsworth had relatives in the village, and some appear on the census as living at the Marjorie, which is along the Calder from Bridge Cottage, and at the Bridge Cottage itself. Many ladies of means appear on the census, also a surveyor. Mrs Ainsworth had a small seminary in one room, 
and could have been the reason her daughter, Betsy Ann Ainsworth, took over Vale House Seminary, which had been run very successfully for many years by the Miss Wilkinsons. This house, also rented out by Clark Hill, and was sold at auction in 1919. The house was a large one and was later divided into two by the owner. The Foreman family lived there, and before the Catholic Church was built, services were sometimes conducted in the upstairs rooms at Bridge Cottage. The Calder Weir and the Marjorie This part of the Calder is now home to Wally Hydro, who have built a plant to produce electricity, using the weir built 600 years ago by the monks of Wally Abbey. See the Wally Hydro website. Little is known about the Marjorie, except that it was built by Worsley Taylor, and is built in the same Gothic style as the row of cottages after the bridge, whose tenants were the workers of Morton Hall. To get to work, they walked along the side of the Calder and crossed to Morton Hall on stepping stones. Locals said the Marjorie was a dower house, but surveys show it was once two or three cottages. More research is required. Jazzlands. In the late 1920s and early 30s, there was a small pleasure beach known as Jazzlands occupying the riverbank near the Marjorie. There were swings and swing boats, a helter-skelter, a roundabout, as well as a cafe and boats on the river. There was even a dirt track for motorcycle racing. This was a popular place with the young folk but not with the residents, and this combined with the deaths of two young boys in a boating accident led to its closure. A poster at the bridge corner would direct you into the lower field of the Marjorie farm, where a large wooden tower was erected as a slide. After having fun on the rides, people used to venture down to the River Calder for a swim or to feed the ducks. The first house on the left over the bridge used to be the Toll House. The bridge was gated at that time with two gates, one across the main road and one up to the nap, and the house toll stood further back. The width of the bridge at that time being a little over eight feet wide. It was widened sometime around 1896, and the toll house moved to its present position when it became a shop. This area now becomes Billington, and the nap is claimed by them as it is often known as Billington Moor. I first documented this guide in 2014, along with Valerie Jones as friends of the grammar school for an exhibition there. We then formed Wally Local History Group, and since then I have added to and updated in 2015, 16, 18, 20, 22, and now 2023, as Wally evolves. Now it has been revised for a podcast with the use of recording studio and editing facilities by Voice It PR. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to know more, please go to Worley Local History, the Facebook group, and ask to join. And if you're in Worley or visiting Worley, please go to Worley Old Grammar School where we have a heritage room. In there you'll find lots of photos and information about Wally local history. See you next time.